Hello and welcome to Stump Death and Taxes. This is Meep, also known as Mary Pat Campbell, and today I'm going to be talking about the distinction between financial reporting and budgeting. <laughs> but first, like so you don't run away, I'm going to talk about a financial of- official in South Carolina who recently had to quit because a 3.5 billion dollar accounting error that accumulated over about a 20 year period. So let me read you the story from the Associated Press. This is from a couple weeks ago. Um, so this is from March 23rd. So South Carolina's embattled top accountant will step down next month after a $3.5 billion error in the year-end financial report he oversaw, according to a resignation letter written Thursday that was obtained by the Associated Press. So this is from March 23rd. 2023. Republican Comptroller General Richard Ekstrom's decision to leave the post he has held for 20 years came after intense scrutiny of his performance following the blunder and amid rising calls for him to either quit or be removed. So I'm going to jump over the next few paragraphs. The Senate report concluded that Ekstrom was solely responsible for the mapping error, which happened during the state's transition to a new internal information system from 2011 to 2017. So this goes back, okay, maybe not 20 years, but back to 2011. State officials testified that Ekstrom ignored auditors' years-long warnings of a material weakness in his office and flawed cash reporting. Ekstrom has said the annual comprehensive financial report exaggerated the state's cash balances for a decade by double counting the money sent to colleges and universities. The mistake went unsolved until a junior staffer fixed the error this fall. Officials have said the overstatement did not affect the state budget. But lawmakers, alarmed by Ekstrom's inconsistent testimony, slammed his failure to fulfill one of his primary constitutional duties, to publish an accurate account of state finances. The fallout for the state agency that typically flies under the radar is expected to continue. A Senate subcommittee recently approved a joint resolution that would let voters decide whether the Comptroller General should continue as an elected position or be appointed by the governor. Ekstrom reiterated his support for that change Thursday in his resignation error. The next Comptroller General may also lead a much weaker office. The investigating panel suggested its responsibilities be transferred to one or more agencies. State Treasurer Curtis Loftus, an elected Republican, has testified that his office could absorb the main tasks. Republican Senator Larry Grooms, who led the investigation, said the Comptroller General's office could also be done away with altogether. So let's think about what's going on here um, and the distinction between budgeting and financial reporting. And this can be, you know, it doesn't have to be political. It can be, you know, whether it's corporate or, you know, your family or whatever. The distinction between budgeting is planning for the future 
and financial reporting is looking at what happened in the past, what actually happened, what the spending actually was, and the balance sheet of where you actually stand now, and cash balances. And what actually happened here? <laughs> That's the other thing you may be wondering. Why, you know, what exactly happened with this accounting? And, you know, what, you know, how did this happen? The problem here, uh, and this is something that comes up in public finance, and one of the issues that I have with public finance is ineffective oversight. Um, <laughs> uh, and, it's, and it is very political versus with regards to businesses. Uh, you need to make sure that your financial reporting is accurate. It gets audited. Uh, and you have a lot of eyeballs looking over your shoulder when you're in private business because there's a lot of interested parties, you know, like the parties that want to tax you. But if you are the government itself, no one's coming to tax you. Um, and when the people running the show are politicians themselves, they can sweep discrepancies under the rug. Um, and there are a lot of red flags that were in the situation. There was an earlier Associated Press story from a week prior to the resignation of this uh, official that indicating issues uh, with what was going on. So I'm, I'm going to read from that story. So that was from March 16th. Uh, titled a $3.5 billion accounting error puts the South Carolina controller job, uh, controller's job on the line. Okay. So, um, as I said, went back a decade, uh, overstating the amount the state had sent to colleges and universities for a decade. Um, so let me go. It started as a $12 million coding error. So it just started out as a $12 million discrepancy in 2007. And it was compounded when the state switched accounting systems in 2011, Ekstrom told senators at hearings the past few weeks. State cash transferred to colleges and universities was being double counted, and auditors said Ekstrom ignored repeated warnings about the problem. They said he waited five years to conduct a full review of accounts that eventually assisted in uncovering the problem about a year ago. So from 2007, to 2022, so 15 years before action was taken. Ekstrom responded to the Senate report with a statement Wednesday saying he isn't quitting, yada, yada. Well, that changed. Um, he, he said his office worked tirelessly to find and then fix the problem, which it first started cropping up in 2013. The problem wasn't reported to lawmakers or others in the government until months ago. Ekstrom said he would support a constitutional amendment, making his job appointed by the governor instead of elected. But in the meantime, blah, blah, blah. Nobody cares. Ekstrom has run unopposed by anyone in the past two elections and last had a challenger in the Republican primary in 2010. So his position as Comptroller General it was an elected position or has been an elected position since, you know, it existed, evidently, and has had that position for some time and then they were the rest of it was about you know should he be booted should he be impeached etc and so he decided not to stick around for more of that and decided to resign um 
in any case, uh, the issue here, and this is the thing with accounting, is you don't start from scratch each time. Everything rolls up uh, each time, each new accounting period. Um, you don't start from scratch. These cash balances, you have the statement of cash flows and you have balance sheets and you have an income statement and you are supposed to be tracking where say it starts from the cash, where the cash comes from and goes to, and things are supposed to balance out. Um, you have what is called the ledger, the master ledger. I'm not an accountant. I'm an actuary. And I have had situations. I have been in financial reporting in a private company before, as in not a government institution. And I have had problems occur when I had people touching the ledger who I did not want to touch the ledger. And controlling the ledger is a very important thing in <laughs> the accounting roles and doing the financial reporting. And all of the financial reports, statement of cash flows, income statement, balance sheet, all roll out of items, accounts from the ledger. In my case, it got very complicated because I work in insurance and so some of the accounts are, you know, not quite as, you know, so some of the balance sheet items, you know, being insurance liabilities get a bit abstract. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I just remembering one particular person that it drove me nuts and he was not supposed to touch the ledger. And the problem is, you know, social engine, is it social engine, social hacking, whatever. Um, so he was not allowed to make entries to the ledger or adjust the ledger, but what he was very persuasive and he found a person who did have access and convinced them to make changes on his behalf. And I found out and I was very, very angry. Um, and I had to escalate. Anyway, I'm going to uh, move on from there. So let me talk about a few details of this situation uh, that ring very true, obviously. First, the junior staffer fixing the error. I mean, of course, who else is going to fix it? Um, the people at the top are not going to be the detail-oriented folks who even know how the system works and look at the accounts. Um, the junior staffer is the one who actually works with the system day to day and is going to be having to dig through the guts and the details and look like, oh, why is this as an O instead of a zero? Or, you know, why are the cash transfer to the college and universities getting reported into our accounts instead of getting transferred out of our accounts? and therefore showing up in our cash balances or however it uh, got um, found. Um, so, you know, that's the kind of digging you would expect. It's not going to be the senior people in general, unless you have a senior person who is a technical expert and you get a few people like that, but you know, this is the kind of thing one expects. So that's no big deal. 
But one of the aspects is accountability. This person who was at the top, who resigned and had been there for 20 some years, um, was an elected official as opposed to an appointed official. Now that might not make a big amount of difference in terms of the politics because they'd still be in a political position. The governor, even if the governor changed you know, parties, and this is the controller general, it, it might be like a professional position, okay, but would someone who's an appointed position feel like they could ignore an auditor's report that said there was material weakness? Obviously, in the elected position, this guy felt like he didn't have to really take it all that seriously. He could let it ride for 15 years um, or 10 years or however long uh, this material witness, uh, material witness, material weakness from the auditor's report was allowed to ride. Um, you would not be able to do that in many other situations. So that's, this is not unique to this particular person or this particular situation. Okay. Um, part of the reason it's not just being an elected official and that the voters don't care. It's a, did the bondholders care? Think about it. You know, South Carolina must have bonds outstanding and having this material weakness in their financial reports didn't stop them from issuing bonds. Hey, so something to think about. Um, I mean, I'm just assuming because I have no idea. Okay. Let me just Google that really quickly. So when I look up the outstanding general obligation bonds for the state of South Carolina, I get a report from the state treasurer's office, which is different from the controller general. And so now we start to see some of the issues and the discussion they're having of getting rid of the controller general's office in general, in general, sorry, uh, or subsume it under the state treasurer's office. And so that may be another issue of you have these different responsibilities that were getting split under two different political offices and they were each doing their own thing. So they were not necessarily talking to each other as it were. Um, they had each their own responsibilities. And I, I mean, and this is like, I'm building up to my main point, which is the disconnect between the budgeting in the financial reporting, because what Ekstrom, the soon-to-be ex-controller general of South Carolina, while he was trying to save his ass, kept repeating was that the state budget or budgeting process was not affected by this $3.5 billion error in the cash balances. Now, you may be going like, um... $3.5 billion sounds like a lot of money. And when you look at the South Carolina budget, so just to do an estimate, I just found uh, some estimates for fiscal year 2023 to 2024. And you'll like that 2023 to 2024. Well, 
get to that in a moment. Um, there's three different estimates. One was like 15.6 billion, uh, 14.3 billion, and 16.7 billion. So you can still see what order of magnitude that is. So on order of magnitude, $3.5 billion then is a lot of money. Um, so that is significant in how a $3.5 billion balance discrepancy is not supposed to be significant and not supposed to affect budgeting in any way. That's telling me they're not using the financial statements coming from the Comptroller General's office in any way, which is telling me what use are you at all if they're not even using your numbers. What good are you? Um, and this is now getting to what's the point of financial reporting and what's the point of budgeting. Budgeting is supposed to be planning for spending in the future and you're going to be using estimates and you just heard the range of revenue estimates that I was talking about. There's this Appropriations Act for fiscal year. I'm sorry, that was 2022 to 2023. And then some estimates for 2023 to 2024. Okay. Excuse me. Um, I wasn't, I was just doing this very rapidly. Um, but anyway, there's still a range, uh, 14.3 billion versus 16.7 billion dollars in estimated differences. And I guess that's because of this transportation fund revenues difference. And that is where the difference seems to be coming from. Um, in any case, I'm sitting here going like, okay, you have some estimated revenues, then you will estimate what you want to spend. That's your budget. Almost all governments, state and local governments, I should say, have balanced budget requirements. And then that's not what actually happens in their actual spending, of course, because budgets are only a plan for spending because you're estimating what you will take in and then you're going to estimate what will go out. <laughs> Your estimates are not what will actually happen. Um, and it does not help, which I'm not going to get into the details of the various tricks that are done. There are deliberate public finance budgeting tricks and some states and cities indulge in these a little more than others to meet those balanced budget requirements. Um, and they know what they're doing and they know that it's not sustainable. They don't care. Moving on. So that's the budget process. Financial reporting is looking back in the past and telling you what actually happened. And it starts again with the cash flows. There's different parts to it. So there are the cash flows, what actually came in as revenues, what actually went out. But it's more complicated than that because you may have accounts receivable. That means people owe you money <laughs> for things that, you know, services rendered and goods sold and that kind of thing, or taxes that are owed. There may be liabilities incurred, such as pension promises made that accrued. 
there may be some liabilities released because, say, some pensioners died um, anyway. So some, this is why it's more complicated than just a statement of cash flows. You have an income statement, which is more complicated than that. And yes, there are estimates involved with some of these liabilities. So this is where actuaries come in for valuing some liabilities and in some case, cases, some assets. Uh, so you develop a balance sheet and you develop an income statement and you also have a statement of cash flows. These are all supposed to be able to be tied to accounts and tied from period to period. These can be audited and there can be discrepancies. There's often little baubles, but you can have some material weaknesses and, it, you know, it does get very complicated. And, and I've, you know, I don't like dealing with auditors myself. Um, and a lot of us have complained who have had to deal with auditors that because it's not really a value add or it's not, I'm sorry, I'm going to back that up. It's not seen as an activity that adds a lot of value. However, if it catches errors and prevents errors, it is actually good. Um, that said, a lot of the activity in audit has been given to low productivity employees, basically newbies. And a lot of the auditing firms don't want to train <laughs> their employees and then have it so that the companies being audited are the ones who are training the employees about the business. This is for things that are complicated, such as insurance. We get kind of prickly about this. Um, like, why don't you guys train your own employees? We have work to do. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, and I lost my temper being asked for the same piece of information three times in one week. Um, like, you guys need to organize amongst yourselves and get a punch list. Um, and because it was, it's not the same person asking. It's like three different people from the same team. Anyway, uh, that said, as you can see in this case, for many years, they're, they're saying there's a material weakness that there are discrepancies in the financial reporting but nothing was done. So you can see audit is useless if nothing comes of it, if no decision is made off of it and no one is held accountable. It doesn't get fixed until someone is held accountable. And finally, someone was held accountable. And, and this is not good, but it, the big material what, uh, weakness we see here is that they weren't using the financial reports at all, it seems, to inform their budgeting process. And this is a big problem with public finance and budgeting, is it doesn't seem to be based on reality at all. Really? I mean, if it had been based on reality, shouldn't the problem with the finances, the financial reporting, have come to light sooner? Just a thought. Um, 
given what the revenue magnitudes are in South Carolina, I mean, just making sure I'm reading this correctly, you know, that you have about, you know, it's less than $20 billion to work with in a year. And supposedly you have these cash balances for colleges and universities that has a discrepancy of $3.5 billion. Don't you think someone would have noticed that when you're making appropriations of funds to go to colleges and universities? But no one ever checks because they don't do zero level budgeting. They know they don't. Everybody knows because they're always going to compare against what was spent last year as opposed to, well, what do they actually need? So that's been stump, death and taxes, and learn to look at numbers. Talk to y'all later.